Welcome back, folks, to another episode on the Out of Grass podcast. We've got myself, Jake, and our distinguished guest, Mr. Damon Albus. Uh, Mr. Albus, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll go from there. Well, first of all, you said distinguished, and I'm a little bit closer to extinguished than <laughs> distinguished these days, I think. Uh, well, what the hell you want to know? Well, we know you're a adder, custom leather maker, business owner. Why don't you tell us how you got started in that? Grandpa. Grandpa. I'm a grandpa. Most that's, importantly. That's most importantly. I'm kind of proud of that. Uh, well, I was, I was homeless. I was flat broke, and I was naked as a jaybird when my mama took me home from the hospital. Yep. You know, I've used that one several times, and that's where I came from. Ah, hell, that's where we came from. Born and raised right here in Abilene. Uh, went to school here. Uh, you know, the typical hometown stuff. Went to Tarleton State University. But every time you mention that, you're required to take your hat off and put your hand over your heart because we do bleed purple and I am a very very proud uh, to let everyone remember and keep acknowledged that it is a part of the Texas A&M system bingo gotta love it gotta love it anyway so I did my dangest to squeeze a four-year education into five and uh, got that done when I was at school I had a I had a, a, I mean, I had a problem. I had a rodeo problem. And I needed to uh, help pay for that rodeo problem. And I've always been real handy. Sure. Crafty. Uh, I've done everything from bead work uh, to, I I did some glass etching. Just different kinds of little handsies type stuff. And so, you know, that. That leather work ought to be a pretty cool gig. Right. Yeah. So I started it when I was in uh, when I was in college, and uh, had to, you know I'd make some wallets and belts and checkbook covers and different stuff like that, and then throw them in the rigging bag and go to the rodeo, and that way I can say I at least come home with more money than I went with. Yeah. Because it wasn't the rodeo abilities that paid for my weekends. We had a good time. We had a real good time. But that's where I started doing the leather work, is when I was in college. The good time's the more important thing, though. More important than anything. You know, they're on him to get to, to stay at the house and save some money. No. I don't want him at my house. And it's not that I don't want him at my house. I love my kid more than anything in the world. But college is some of the funnest time and the best memories you're ever going to have. And as soon as you're done with college, man, you ain't got a dadgum thing to look forward to but working the rest of your life. Amen. So I want him to go and enjoy it and have fun. And I was real good about telling all my friends' kids, hey, don't get in a hurry to get out of school. Take the rise and take the butt chewings from the parents and this, that, and other, but don't get in a big hurry. Enjoy it because that's the funnest time you're going to have 
remotely legal. And <laughs> the only thing you get to look forward to from there on after is working the rest of your life. So enjoy it. And so I kind of had to eat some of my own crow on that with my kid and told him, I don't want him living at my house. I want him out in his own place with his roommates, with his what have you, with his, his teammates. He's going to play baseball here at ACU, and so I, you know, hey, you need to hang out with those guys, you don't need to hang out with me and your mother, and uh, enjoy it, enjoy your last couple years of of uh, childhood, if you would, before you have to get up and grow up and get a job and go out in that big old mean world. So, uh, uh, I did enjoy it, and uh, that's when I started doing the leather. Got out. Of course, I had to get a real job. I uh, I got a degree in criminal justice because I'm going to uh, I'm going to go the DEA and I'm going to solve the world of the drug problems because it's rampant and I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And anyway, when I got out, I uh, this beautiful young lady that I've been dating all through college. You know, I thought I might just go ahead and marry her. So I did. And then I... So I thought, uh, this ain't really no way to have a wife and a family and the whole deal because at that time, that that whole government deal was rocking and, you know, you might get a call at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and say, hey, we need you in, you know, Cuba... Yeah. Six o'clock in the morning. And uh, her father was a retired police officer here in town. And so, well, you know, maybe we'll start looking around here. So I went to prison, uh, went to a private prison in Sweetwater. And my wife always gets mad when I say that. I didn't know you did hard time. Well, it wasn't there. But when I went to the Robertson unit, that was a little bit harder time. And my wife always gets mad. You worked there. You didn't go to prison. Well, no, I went to prison pretty much every day. But anyway, I started out at a prison in uh, in Sweetwater. It was a private prison, their uh, uh, pre-release prison. And then I was there for a short bit, and then the Robertson unit was about to open up here. And there was four or five of us from out there that we put in to get that good old state job. And so we hired on the prison here when it very first opened up, and then... Oh, I did about a year or so, and then uh, promoted out, and I was a parole officer after that. And uh, enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I was helping some folks that wanted help, uh, helping some folks go back to where they needed to be, you know. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I was uh, on the short list for the police department here. Uh, all I had left was just the interview, and, uh, you know, I just, I kind of had an epiphany word for the day. And uh, I said, you know, this hat deal, had two hat shops in Abilene my whole life growing up, Roberts and Jay Lee, and then we had none. And started calling around, and every time we'd go through a town or something, have a hat shop, stop in, look around, nose around. Well, I, I called a fella in Lubbock that had one, Dean Leonard's Hat Shop. I called him. Hey, just want to pick your ear for a minute. Well, this grumpy old fart 
I mean, he talked to me bad. Why would I tell you anything? Why would I say you just going to steal my customers? And, and then he said, why don't you come buy me out and I'll tell you anything you need to know. And I was like, er? He said, are you serious? And his whole attitude, uh, 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 well, yes, young man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can, uh, we can uh, figure that out. You come see me. Nine o'clock the next morning, I was standing in his door. So, uh, showed me around, looked around. We made a agreement that uh, if he would train me, show me what to do, how to do the works, then uh, and if it was something that I enjoyed, I could provide for my family, then we'd buy him out and uh, go from there. So, I went up there. I stayed there about three months. I had a friend that was living just up the road in Plainview and so I stayed at his house and drove back and forth about three months then we bought him out and then I hired him back to stand there and finish schooling me and uh, he ate peppermint candies and drank coffee and that was pretty much all the employee I got out of him mm-hmm. and then uh, oh, it was about ten months into it and I said you know I've always been the one that I want to I want to work where I want to live I don't want to live where my work tells me to live. Uh, So we packed up all the toys and come home, called the police department, you know, obviously way earlier, and withdrew my name because I'm going to be, you know, one of those uh, business owners, wealthy business owners, you know, because all these small businesses. That just goes hand in hand. Absolutely. All these, you know, small business owners, we're all just stinking rich. Absolutely. I've got to fall in my pocket right now. Well, and rolling dough, I'm going to have to go to work at a stinking donut shop for that to happen because it ain't happening here. But anyway, so roundabout story, that's how I got started, and that's how we're here. So what year was that? When you when, Okay, you talked about getting into the hat business. So how'd you get that idea? When was that? Well, we opened up in 97. Ever since I was in college, just kind of being anything that people do by hand, artist, uh, leather worker, a sculptor, anything, I'm just glued to it. I, I spent two hours watching a guy blow glass one time. Just because it's a it's an art, it's a craft, it's something that. TikTok will do that. He, yeah, well, there you go. Not everybody can do that stuff. You know, well, that's, that's what it is. That's true. And um, So were you about to be a dad? You had one kid on the ground. We had one on the ground. We had on one the on the ground. She was just almost two. And I don't think, no, I didn't have her covered yet, but it was shortly there later that I, I got her covered for number two. But, uh, no, we had a two-year-old. And, uh, man, you talk about, uh, a gut check. That might, you know, that might push you into doing working pretty hard. Maybe as a kid, I don't know. I don't, well, I don't have none yet, so I don't know. I'm still a kid myself. It was giving up a good solid paycheck where you knew it was going to be every month. She had a good job. We were working. We were, you know, living high on the hog. I had a house payment that was two hundred and fifty six dollars a month and uh you know that'll never happen again. and we didn't know how the heck we were going to make that payment but uh, just to one day say 
that gum, let's just quit and open up our own business. And she was 110%, let's do it. She, uh, she'd get up, take care of the babies, uh, go to work, come home, take care of babies and work. And we'd work till midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning, whatever it took until we just finally cratered and crashed. And then we'd go home and do it all again the next day. And, um, I, I dang sure married right. And she's been, been behind me and beside me the entire time. And, uh, that's dadgum what it takes. Sure. That's what it takes. I'm, I'm sure there were bumps in the road, but I do remember one pretty big bump that happened when the first building was gone. Yeah. Well, let's back up for that. I wanted to ask. So when you started, were you in a building? Were you working out of the house, or were you in a building? Oh, when man, when I started did? doing the leather work, it was wherever I could do it. Sure. So I started here, kind of an interesting story. <clears throat> My wife had an apartment. Mm-hmm. And she had a kitchen table. Bingo. Bingo. That's all you need. That's it. I had a kitchen table in her apartment, and I'm beating on. And I'm just... With cut marks all over, I'm sure, too. Constantly, you know... Well, and the dogs like it, too. But constantly tap, 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 tap. Well, about a month after she moved into that apartment, we get that same knock at the front door. Okay, I go to the door, and it's a cute little blonde-haired lady standing there, and, uh, yeah, can I help you? She said, uh, do you leave her? I said, no. I said, my girlfriend does. And she said, well, can I ask you a question? And I said, let's have it. What is it? What in the hell are you beating on? <laughs> that apartment? And I was like, oh, my gosh, it never, never occurred, to, occurred yeah. to me. There's nothing but a thin wall between her kitchen and that next apartment. And this old gal, she was like, oh, my God, you're about to wear me out with this tapping and all. But anyway, so I started there. We got our first house. I was in the uh, in the laundry room. Gotcha. And I had a table that was, uh, it was 36 inches by 30 inches wide. And I sat there and beat on leather with a piece of marble on top of it. And I'd, I'd lay the leather out on the floor. How that carpet didn't just fall to shreds from cutting <laughs> patterns and cutting this out. Uh, you know, laying cardboard down on the kitchen table. And then you're going through the leather and the cardboard and all. Yeah. Uh, didn't get a sewing machine for, oh, geez, I was probably three, four years into it before I got a sewing machine. That seems to be a common occurrence. Uh, yeah. Starting out. Yeah. That's either you buy a cheap one or you don't have one at all. Well, you sit there and go, I can hand sew this. Yeah. I can do it. You know, that's what everybody starts off. And then you got the calluses on both fingers when you're yeah. pulling and rubbing through, and you get the athletic tape and run it over both index fingers so you can pull it tight. Oh yeah, did the whole deal. And uh, anyway, so I guess I didn't really have a. a true place to stretch out and and do anything till we opened up the the hat and leather shop that's the first time I, and uh yeah that gum i went from the laundry room to uh to a, a building yeah that building wasn't very big no it wasn't very big it but did, it, it didn't seem like it was as big as the showroom it, the whole deal it might have been but it's, i remember going it's, in there it, it wasn't big i think i was a freshman so was it 11 when that burned down? Yeah, it burned in 12. Burned in 12, so yeah, I was a freshman. Yep. That happened, so. 
I remember going in there and what I don't was two months later he was over here. Uh-huh. Yep. It uh Well that's a phone call you don't want to get every day. <laughs> I was at the chiropractor. Just laid down. Phone rings. And the old gal that was fixing to give me a adjustment. Yeah, adjustment. Um she said, You need to answer that? And I was like, Oh no. No, just go to snap, crackle, and popping and do it. And then I looked at the phone, and I didn't recognize the number. And it was about 7.30, 7.45 in the morning. And I said, you know, that's awfully strange that a number I don't recognize is calling, you know, early. this early. I said, yeah, hold on a minute. And it was, it was Lieutenant such and such with the Abilene Fire Department just letting you know that we're over at your place of business. And I was like... Okay, great. Hey, appreciate it. Take care of it. I hung up the phone, and then I thought, well, the fire department's there. They're taking care of it. I don't know what the heck they're doing. And then it was like, oh, hold on. The Abilene Fire Department just called and said they're at your business. And so I was like, oh, crud. Jump in the truck and drive over here. And I was turning off of South 14th on the butternut there. And seven blocks away, I can see the smoke boiling and the hoses across the road. And and I'm not that guy. haven't been still to this day not. Immediately, I grabbed my phone and took a couple pictures. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. a big damn fire. Yeah, I, I remember them because I was yeah. in high school. I remember that morning yeah. we were on Facebook. Golly. Yeah, it was it was a, a big fire, and uh, it hadn't got to me yet. I was at my neighbor. It was at Carolina Upholstery. So well, that's where it started. Where it started. Okay. Well, there was a there was about an 18 inch drop ceiling under the roof, and somewhere in there uh, had a spark, electric, whatever it was. Well, whenever it dropped through that ceiling, was right smack dab on top of where they stored their foam rubber mm. and poof there you yeah. go the foam rubber hit and it I'm burnt gonna, like heck and there I'm, you go I'm gonna figure fur hats burn pretty fast yeah, yeah they make pretty good kindling that's what I figured yeah the uh actually got up to the ceiling the tar and the gravel from the ceiling on that flat roof mm-hmm. coming down coating over everything and uh Booger was hot. Yeah. It took those rafters and those beams and just twisted them up like pretzels. It was, uh, but to stand there and, and watch that, uh, boy, you talk about get you in the gut. And, uh, then I go to thinking about all the customer stuff I had in there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Well, we're about two hours into watching this, and Larry D calls. And I hadn't answered the phone for anybody else. And I was like, yeah, answer. Picked up, hey, what's going on? She said, uh, man, I heard you got a fire. Is there anything I can do? And I'm like, no, no. I mean, we're just sitting there watching it burn, do the deal. And she was like, oh, okay, dadgum. Did you happen to get that council saddle out of there? Ooh, and I said, the what? And she said that 
that Howard Council saddle that I had King, guy that works out there for him, Josh, uh, he took it over there yesterday to shorten the stirrups. I do that on most of her saddles for And I was like, oh, crap. New from Council? You're a $10,000 to $12,000 saddle? Howard Council, or Howard Council is the man. The man. The man. Larry D just got a brand new one. Yeah. And I don't know how long she had to wait to get it. Uh, but she got it. And uh, I immediately hollered over at a hired hand, and I'm like, hey, do you remember a saddle? I don't remember a saddle. Did I have one of her saddles in there to fix? And Man, I don't remember it. I don't remember it. Well, about three hours later, she called back, and she said, hey, just thought I'd let you know I got a hold of King, and he said that he got super busy yesterday and never got it to you and i'm like oh thank god that was just one more thing that i was going to have to worry about replacing but it uh i i had a and it's amazing a good fire will make a five or a seven x hat a hundred percent pure beaver it's amazing how that works yeah because the people that called and said, hey, you remember that 100X hat that I had in there? Uh, no, I don't remember that 100X. But whatever they told me they had, that's what I wrote down and that's what I replaced. I remember, you know, you put on there that we're going to make it right with mm-hmm. everybody. And I, I thought about that. Like, I wonder how many people went from a 10 to, I had a 100X. I think, and, and of course, this was years ago. But we paid out just a little over $38,000 in customer stuff that we had in there from all those four and five X's. And what's kind of funny is I don't wash any of the hats here at the shop. I do that at my house. I got a Morgan building set up back behind the house where I, I scrub them and wash them and all there because I don't want the chemical at the hat shop because hat shops are synonymous for catching on fire. So I've got everything there at the house. And, uh, well, before I take them to the house, we strip them, take the guts and everything out of them, and I put them in a great big trash can with a lid, and then I can take that and throw that in the back of the truck and take them home and wash them. Well, I found a trash can, and it had 25, 30 hats in it that I hadn't taken to the house to to soak uh, yet before I washed them. And I went back to that list, because now I've got the actual customer's hat yeah. Here, okay, and I went back and referred to uh, this is a a Bailey Seven X, and he told me he had a Resistol Hundred X. This was a a Saratelli Four X, you know, and he had a Fifty X American, and or, you know, it, it was fun. Not everybody was that way, but how did you get so many wrong, David? Quite I well, I was a little. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, a little preoccupied in the mind at that time, but whatever they said they had, that's what I replaced. Uh, you know, insurance company said, you know, you don't have to replace any of it. I said, oh? said, legally, in the state of Texas, if they left it with you uh, to do a repair, to do what have you, and it was no fault of yours that it got ruined or, you know, what have mm-hmm. you, that you're not required to replace it. And I was like, 
Well, ma'am, I don't know where in the devil you're at, but right here in the great state of Texas, yes, you do replace it. Yeah, you wouldn't. Because those interest. those are my customers, yes, sir. and I'm gonna replace them, and I'm gonna replace them with what they said they had, and uh, that's just what we need to do. And she said, well. Okay, more power to you, but I'm just letting you know, you don't have to. And I said, yes, ma'am, I do have to. So we did. And, uh, man, we had a stinking angel come down from a bucket and a fire truck. And, and he said, hey, I got a building right over there. It's got some retail space in the front, work area in the back. And he said, it's yours. As long as you need it, as long as you want it. I want you to get over there. I want you to get back up on your feet. I was like, Dad, gum. Really? There's people like you free. So I guess it was a day or two. We kind of got our mind, you know, wrapped around everything. And uh, so I called him. And I said, hey, were you serious about that offer? He said, absolutely. And he said, it's right over there on... on uh, 500 block of Oak Street. I said, well, let's go look at it. We went over here, and this is where we are right now. We walked in and looked the front, the back, and I said, man, that's a an awesome offer, and if you wouldn't mind, yeah, we'll take you up on it. That way we got kind of a place to kind of get our bearings back under us. And uh, that man walked out in the front of this building, grabbed the for sale sign, took it out of the ground, called the realtor and said, Hey, just letting you know, uh, that building at 517 Oak Street, it ain't for sale no more until I call you and tell you put it back on the market. Wow. I said, Dad, gum. So, uh, oh, we were maybe three months, and I called him, and I said, all right, so what's the plans? What's this? And he said, I got no plans. That's your building until you, you know, find something else. Anyway, we worked a deal, and we just went ahead and bought this building from him. Uh, but there was absolutely none of that in his mind, in his plans or nothing. Just doing that because Darren Black is a freaking okay. awesome man. Yeah. I'll be doing it. I ain't Darren Black, Bill. He, he is a stinking awesome, awesome person. Now, there was a fire truck in here for a long time. I had a fire truck in here. So, funny thing about that is because Darren is who Darren is, uh... The Firefighters Association had a someone donate an old fire truck to him, and it was right over there in that little storage area. And uh, he said, "Well, I'll get that out of there." So I said, "No, I'm not going to put you out no more than than you uh, already have." And it was fun because you can open up a door from the front, and it would go right into that storage area. And when you open that door, you're looking at a fire truck. And boy, I had a hoot with that, telling people, "I said, yeah, if you have a fire." said um insurance company will give you 10% off your premium if you have your own fire truck. <laughs> and so I'd open that door and show everybody we had our own fire truck. But, uh, yeah, that was, that gum, that was 12 years ago now. and feels like yesterday when you think about it. Somebody oh, it don't, don't look like it was, yeah. don't feel like it's been that long. Yeah, and we have, you know, I tell people a lot of, a lot of folks that we lost everything. Smooth lost everything. I mean, we, we, Picked and prodded stuff out of there with the front end loader. What I was gonna ask if you get, if you could salvage any machinery of any Nothing. sort. No, man, that foam that the fire department uses these days, it uh -huh. hit those soil machines, and I mean, instantly, rust pit locked mm -hmm. up. It jams them up. I ain't no good on yeah. that. Yeah, 
Uh, I mean, there was it, nothing. So we had nothing. Uh, we got over here. This will work. Starting get, over. We got to find some stuff. Start all over. And I was done. I was done. I said, I can take the hint. I just got kicked right square in the nads. I'm done. Cancel me out. I'm going to go sell cars for a living. I'm going to go pick up beer cans on the side of the road. I'm going to find something else because I can take a sign and my wife grabbed me and uh, just did everything short smacking me around and saying, you big sissy. She said, we're going to build this back. We're going to build it bigger. We're going to build it better. And we're going back into business. And I said, yes, ma'am. So we did. And, here uh, and here we are. I had it. My insurance company was phenomenal. You always hear people gripe about sure. the insurance companies and stuff. And mine was fantastic. They did everything they were supposed to do. They did everything they said they were going to do. But it all fell back on me because I just didn't have near enough. Well, we got the policy when we opened up. Well, we didn't have nothing. So I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, well, that's enough. And I never bumped it, never raised it, never nothing, because I just never really thought we had that much. But we you got, did. You got more than, if you I, think it's worth 10000 worth 20000 Oh, boy, I, ne I, I, I never out. even inventoried uh, the leather, hat bodies, nothing like that, because just the machines and the hand tools. We maxed out our policy. Yeah, all you could get. Yeah. So yeah, we were, we were done. But that's uh, that was, jeez, twelve years ago. And now we're over here and we're rolling on and kicking butt and taking names. You bet. No. I know there's more to it. We'll miss other stuff. Let's see. Yeah. We gotta talk about you coach the team to the World Series. Tell us about that. Well, I've, I, I really wanted to be a – I've worked longer than most, I think. But when it's something to do with the kiddos, I will shut this bad boy down and we're going to the kid stuff. You bet. Whether it was my oldest uh, attempted soccer to softball, uh, my middle one, thank God she was a dancer. And uh, I'm not much help in the ballet department, so That's I got surprising. a I got a little. Well, I'm a lot better than what she gave me credit for. She didn't want me to help. Where she was putting on the tutu, she got a little embarrassed when I put on the four four. Okay, <laughs> but I could have been a lot more help than what she uh, allowed me credit to. Well, when I think of the fine arts, I think of David Alvis, and that just goes together. Absolutely, and I can show y'all some pictures of me in that lid, Tarden. It's uh, it's kind of impressive, yeah. But anyway, so I've been coaching the kids and everything, and because it's real funny how when it's time to get a volunteer to you know do stuff like that, that no hands go up, and but everyone wants to gripe and complain and. Oh, why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that? Well, I didn't see you raise your hand, Everybody but real tight -lipped. But I did, I did. I raised my hand and and uh, we did the, did the deal and and smacked dogs around. Hold on. You 
going to, I'll just. Yeah, we're good. All right, so. So I started coaching my son baseball back when he was four years old. And uh, pretty darn good little athlete. I don't know where in the devil it comes from, but uh, it didn't come from his daddy. So but you any, weren't going to be a pro ball player. No, I was going to be a professional singer. Singer. I was going to be a professional country western singer. I had the looks. I had the the bus to get me to and fro. I can even pick a guitar, self-taught. The only thing that kept me from it was a decent voice. But I had everything else so I you needed. You had a great voice. You just did. You thought you had too good a voice. Oh no, it's horrible. Oh, it's horrible. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're at, you got four of the five. You're at you're there. You yeah. Know, you can get yeah, that last one. You can. You can anyway, so he's. Anyway, he's quite a ball player. And uh, boy, I, I guess that was 2017. Uh, our team there, Wiley Little League, we won the district championship. And then won the regional, went all the way, and we won state. All right, cool. Well, then you get to go to uh, next step. We won that tournament. Win the next step. We won that tournament. We made it all the way to the World Series. Snowball, we're just getting it. And it was uh, it was way cool. Once you win, is it the regional tournament? It's the last one. We had to go to uh, went to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And uh, played in the tournament there. Once we won it, then it was, uh, we were on Little League's dime. Okay, cool. So, uh, got us our plane tickets. Little League World Series for the Junior League divisions, the one we went in, was in Taylor, Michigan. Well, if you look up Taylor, Michigan, it's Detroit. Detroit Airport and Taylor, Michigan. Oh. I'm scared to death. You know the stuff that happens on the TV in Detroit? <laughs> oh, man, I just, I'm like, what the devil are we going to do in Michigan? How are we going to, you know, hack it? What are we going <laughs> to do? And I got 12, 13-year-old boys that's going to be in my care and custody, and we're, I'm taking them to, you know, stinking Detroit? Anyway, so... They bought our plane tickets and flew us up there, and was really cool is that we were in one hotel. Every team that made it, every league official, the umpires, the coaches, we were all in the same hotel. So we were there with from kids from uh, Czechoslovakia, oh. Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Australia, Canada, Chinese Taipei. And all the United States teams, we were all in the same hotel. And I looked over, and we had just got there that first day. And I had about four of my boys over there, and they had four Venezuelan boys over there. They were sitting out looking at their phones. And a little old huddle. And they're pecking on their phones like kids do these days. I walked over there. I was mad. I said, hey, when's the last time you got to talk to another ball player from Venezuela? Yeah. And you're sitting down, you're pecking on your phone? And they were like, oh, no, look here. Well, that had a translate yeah. on their phone. And I was like, well, well I'm stinking old. <laughs> so, yeah. 
but it was a it was a good time. And I'm gonna tell you, Taylor, Michigan, you can pick it up and transplant it right into Taylor, Texas, or Taylor County, Texas, and they get along like peas and carrots. Really? I mean, some of the greatest people still to this day. I made a friend there in the ten days we were there. We still talk once a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, great time, great people, and uh, had a really good time. I get asked all the time, well, man, was that just a fantastic trip and fun? I said, man, I think the kids had a really, really good time. For me, I was ready for that bad boy to be over. (laughs) Because, well, the parents, the parents make all the kid stuff these days just miserable. Mm -hmm. Why ain't my kid playing well, my kid play in that position. Well, my kid's playing more now, but how come he ain't batting? And this, how come he's? And it was just, it was nonstop, nonstop. I wouldn't give it up. I wouldn't trade it for the experience I got to go with my son and those other kids, because it was, it was all summer long. The tournament, the World Series, didn't get over until the entire summer, and they missed the first week of school. Oh, starting yeah. back the next year because we were still in Michigan playing. So I mean, you talk about a long stinking summer, and it was. Uh, that kind of becomes a job. I mean, oh, I mean, you start playing in March. It was. Uh, it was nuts because it yeah. dang sure a job, and it took a bunch of time off from here, bunch of travel, the whole works, and everything was on us. Until we yeah, until we got to the World Series and then they paid for all that, but they paid for everything. Like you went out and ate. Well, what they did there is they had a uh, a lunch room. Okay. And they'd feed. They had a chef come in every day, and they'd feed the two meals there. You'd get one at the hotel, and then uh, after the kids went to bed, they had a little uh, reception room set up for all the officials and the coaches and stuff and we went in there and drank toddies and ate, and ate finger foods <laughs> so we could tolerate the kids the next day. I was about to say, you know, you're up at the bar, you put a 30 pack on the, the Wiley team, yeah. into the room. <laughs> yeah. That's going to um, be on the Little League right there. It was, it was a, an awesome time and, uh, and of those kids, there was 11 on the team, 10 of them playing college baseball. Ten of the eleven. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. He was uh, Dash was how? There were thirteen. Thirteen. So. <laughs> they were thirteen at that time, and they were going uh, into their freshman year in college, of high school. Freshman year of high school. And the neat thing was, is we're standing around and we're talking to these other coaches and stuff. Well, where, where, how big an area did y'all draw from? Well, we got three counties that we have that we feed into, and other ones like, well, I've got, I've got seven different schools that that we got to pick the kids from to to make our team, and well, I've got, you know, one from here, and I got two from there. I got one that lives 30 miles away, and then there's three homeschool kids, and and they looked at me, when about you? And I said, uh, oh no, one school. They all go to school together. The, the, the one school, 
They all go to school together. There was three of them, I believe, that were a year younger. But other than that, they were all they were all the same grade, yeah. same kids, been playing together forever. But one school, and they were just blown away. See, I guess the Texas do that different. That's the way every town got their little league deal. Yeah, go, that's where you play, and that's where you come from. Right. You know. Yeah. Unless of course you go to another league, but you know that's where you play. And I think it was, I think it was Puerto Rico. Uh, we'd already been there, and you had to have your books signed, and you had to, you know, make sure that everything was legal and birth certificates, and and on and on and on. And we were there. We was it was about the fourth or fifth day there. They had a, a home run derby, and uh, these two kids from Puerto Rico come up there to the home run derby, and they had beards. Yeah, come on, boys. Uh, they had beards. They had more hair on their chest than I have on my butt. I mean, I was like, okay, come on. So I asked the uh, translator there. I said, hey, how old are those kids? Oh, they're 13. They're 13. I said, come on, man. We're here. They're not going to send you home. They're not going to kick you out. How old are they? And he said, well, they said they're 13. But we don't have birth certificates. We don't have nothing like that. We just have to go by what they say. They said they were 13. I said, well, they may have said they're 13, but that one's wife cold with the three kids in the back of the back of the car over there because two of them need a diaper change, you know. But uh, good time. Gr- great uh, experience. The kids had a fantastic time, and I was glad to be home and be done, be over with it. And, and then he got to go to high school ball, and I didn't have to coach anymore. And I was perfectly fine with that. That team stayed together, right? Them, oh yeah, yeah. So them boys were good. And his senior year, they were. Oh, they were real good. Okay. They made the tournament, right? Oh yeah, we made it to the fourth round of the high school uh, playoffs, and uh, got beat out by Alito. Uh, That's a good team to get beat out by. They always bring Yeah, they uh, they had a catcher on that team uh, that was. Phenomenal. He actually he went. Uh, uh, he got drafted right. straight out of high school and went. And uh, man, he was awesome. Could have beat him. Should have beat him. But uh, you know, frogs had wings. They wouldn't bump their butt. You know, you can if and butt it to death. But they were good. They were so talented. And then, yeah, and then eleven, eleven, uh, ten of the eleven went on to play ball in college. It was. Uh, Pretty neat deal. So Dash is a freshman this year, right? No, no, he's a he's a junior he's now. A junior he went to he went to Temple uh, College for two years. Okay, he's been pitching out there. Yeah, and, yep. to- and now he's uh, ACU. Uh, they they recruited him out of high school, and he kind of let that coach know real quick. Said, "Mate, got a great program. You're a D1 program now, and the coach there is." awesome absolutely awesome people uh and dash said man i'd love to go to school here if it was anywhere else but i want out of abilene i want i want just, just for a little bit i want to move away i want out of abilene i was born here raised here i don't want no more nothing to do with abilene i want gone so he went to temple and uh they kept up with him and uh Oh, 
I guess it was after the fall season last year, uh, Coach called him and said, hey, is there any reason or any chance I could get you to come back to Abilene? And he said, you know, that old saying is true, that that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And he said, absolutely, I'd come back to Abilene if, uh, uh, you know, if you want me. And Coach said, yeah, I want you. Let's talk. And they they threw out a little old scholarship at him, and he jumped all over it. And so so he's back in Abilene. Yeah, he's, he's tickled to be here and can't wait to get started. Did you rope in college, or what was your... Oh, I rode bareback horses. Rode bareback horses. Rode bareback horses, and uh, I uh, didn't start team roping until right after college, and I got fat, older, and a lot smarter. Yeah. Well, so it then we start... Yeah, yeah. Uh... Anyway... Yeah, I had a had a big time doing the rodeo deal. It helped me get me through school, and then we started started team roping, and had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, shoot, yeah. Having kids. Yeah. Yep. Had have uh, got three kids. I got uh, uh, oldest one, Delaney. Middle one, Dally, and the youngest is Dash. And my youngest is 21 years old now. Damn, that makes my wife old. That makes her old. Not me. It makes her old. Not to make anybody mad, but women, once once her kids get older, they're, they've gotten a little age on them. Yeah. You know, men don't age I, No, don't age at all. I've even thought about trading her in on a younger model. Yeah. Maybe two younger models. And she's said, go right ahead, big boy. <laughs> There's no way you could keep up. And I'm like, well, you're right. I might as well just stick with what I got. Well, if you trade one, I mean, you trade her in, you just get somebody else to help you up here, people on the deals, you know, you just. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it. Oh, I hadn't even got her all the way broke in yet. The thought <laughs> of starting all over is pretty scary. Three grandkids. Three grandkids, Paisley, Waylon, and Kinley. And, uh. Well, they'll keep you on your toes. They're up here. They're up here at the hat shop. No, Lolly, Grandma gets to take care of them every day, and uh, uh, she usually gets here, you know, a little after lunch. And then we got three grandkids and and the dogs and. Almost gets done after lunch. Well, not Grand, as much. Grandbaby time. But we do get us plenty of grandbaby time, and if we're. We're potty training. Everyone gets to do the potty dance, and uh, it's just—it's a ton of fun, and gotta love it. So how many boys do you have at the shop? Uh, I right. Have a bunch of family in here. I know they're employees. Well, uh, I've got uh, three, four, six. Uh, we got seven on the payroll. Seven of them now. Your special assistant, Brittany. Yeah. I could call him that. I know he's more than that. Uh, personal assistant. Yeah. Assistant to me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't. Too. I wouldn't dare say anything to the son-in-law, but uh, he's he's pretty dead gum handy, and and he has taken a 
huge load off of me. No, we don't want to give him the big the head. That's right. Don't want to give him the big head, that's for sure. Well, Damon, I think that kind of, unless you got anything else to bring up. No. We, uh, Besides sponsoring everything in Abilene, that's about well, all. Well, that's anything else it does. It's, uh, go, you know, you got to give back a little bit. You got to give back to the community, and if you don't, then What's all for? then you're just a mooch. Yeah, sure. That's the way I look at it. But you know, hat business, leather business has been good to us, been real good to us. Um, you know, if you're planning on doing leather work for a living, you're uh, you're a damn fool. Yeah, you better have a second job. Yeah, you better have that. Better be your side gig. Because uh, you're not going to make a decent, good living at it uh, until you get really, really, really good at it, uh, which I'm not. We're not. We just pluck away at it and and and, and have a good time doing it. But, uh, no, this it's it's been good to us here lately. The whole Yellowstone thing taking off and, and the ladies wearing hats. Pushed. Man, business is, business is really, really good. So, speaking of the Yellowstone deal, how many, how many Walker, no, not, yeah, Walker hats have you had to crease? How many wide brim? This part of the country, very few. They're fools. I, I hope they're not fools like that. Very, fo- very few. But now I talk to the other hatters and, you know, around. When we see them at the Ranch Rodeo Finals, Western Heritage and stuff, and they're like, oh, my God. If I have another person come in and say, would you crease a hat just like Rips? They said, I think I'm just going to flip out. And I don't really have a lot of that here because we got real working cowboys here. We got yes, real, sir. we got real, honest to goodness, we get folks come in and say, I want a hat. I get a lot of virgins. Here in the last two years, we have had a ton of virgins. I've never had a hat, but I want one. Put me a good looking crease in it where I'm not going to look like a gunsel. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, here we go. Every time I've been in here, getting a hat, a I swear I see somebody new in here. Well, younger person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they always ask, what do you think? Well, hell, you got to wear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the younger folks and the old folks, you know, in the 27 years we've been doing this, have a, had a ton of older folks come in here, and they say, I want a wide-brim hat. And we're going to leave it as flat as we can, and they all have a Band-Aid on top of their ear. Or a Band-Aid on the side of their face where they just come from the skin doctor, and the skin doctor said, you better put a stinking hat on. Because it is, it's a tool. Oh, sure. And it it dang sure works. But you got to look good first. Well, we try to make them look good. That's That's the first. That's the biggest thing. You know, functionality out the window. That's it. That's Uh, it. You, uh, we talk, everybody says this, but uh, cheap shit ain't cool, and cool shit ain't cheap. That's right. There you go. And, you know, I get a lot of that misconception, too, where people come up and say, oh, well, it's custom. It's bound to be expensive. It's bound to be way high. I'm cheaper than than retail well, on your most of your resist all your Americans and stuff like that. And Americans just got a uh, a name now. Yes. And, and it's the Coca-Cola. 
you know, you go up and you say, hey, I want a Coke. Okay, you want Coke? Well, no, I wanted a Dr. Pepper, Pepper. but the name brand is I just want a Coke, you know? Kind of like a bush hog. I want a bush hog shredder. And it's just, it'd be John Deere. It it might be a Land Pride or it might be whatever else, but it's just. Yeah, Yeah, no, we've got. So American has kind of got that name now. And uh, another fine hat, I've got one. I've got. I can really get for it. It's expensive. I know that. But I've also got a black one that I've had for a long time from here. This. Yeah. They, yeah. They, uh, they've got higher. And that's for sure. And that's all because of supply and demand. Yeah. The demand is through the roof. And and fur is at a premium right now. So a, lot of, got, a lot of folks don't know this. But you got your, your beaver, which is the main primary fur for your best hats. And then they'll cut it for your lesser quality. They'll cut it with rabbit mm-hmm. and uh, domestic and pin-raised rabbit and Nutra. Okay? Rats. River rat. Yeah. Really? That's the closest relative to a beaver I, well, that there is. Like well, the, the only difference is the tail. They got that long spiny tail instead of that flat Black tail. tail. So, uh, but your rabbit and your Nutra, they come from the Ukraine. Really? And they're a little bit busy over there right now trying to keep from getting shot. Yeah. They're not really worried about... Thanks a lot, Vlad. So you're yeah. saying trapping's about to take back over. Well, uh, not as much of your beaver... Because we still got some trapping and stuff like yes, here sir. in the states, but uh, but your rabbit and your nutra coming from uh, from the Ukraine, and oh. that's what's made that fur supply, you know, diminished right now. Really? Yeah. Unless yeah. somebody just wanted to buy a hundred percent beaver. There you okay. go. Even better. Even better. Dave Mallow's like going to be the steak once a week. So buy right, some more hundred Shoot, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you had asked earlier about the five Ds. Five Ds. Okay. So my father had the five D ranch, five D cattle when I was growing up. My father Dwight, my mother Donna, and I got two brothers, Darren and Dennis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then whenever I had the wonderful fortune of meeting my beautiful bride, she is also also a Donna. And then we had Delaney Dally Dash. So the five Ds just carried over to mine. <clears throat> I've got nieces and nephews, Demi, Dalton, and Dylan. <laughs> I've got four cousins all in the same family, Adana, Deanne, Danny, and David. Really? So I've always said if you stutter, you better cook a lot for supper because you're calling a lot of people. You know, you're calling all of us in, so you better cook a bunch. Thanks a lot, Bridget, for messing that up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and as Delaney said, well, Dad, we didn't name the kids with the D, but they're Dukes. Oh, so that's right. So we yeah, still get the D in there on the Dukes. There you go. I was like, yeah, well, that was a cop out, but okay. Yeah, whatever. Thanks a lot, Bridget, for changing your name. Yeah, exactly. Well, you got anything else to add to it, Damon? Nope. 517 Oak Street, come see us. That's right. Get a hat, do some leather. 7 o'clock, listen to 96.1. in here ranching with Clay and Damon. Ranching with Clay and Damon at 7 o'clock in the morning. This is taking over way, way. This this is going to hit airways across the nation. Yeah, Yeah, oh boy. 925, the ranch might need some syndicates. Exactly, exactly. Well, Damon, if that's it, we'll probably have you on some other time because we like to just talk shop. There you go. Absolutely. Well, folks, I think that'll do it for this interview with Mr. Damon Albus. Catch us on the next one.